This week on the Off the Crossbar podcast, some good news and some bad news for lacrosse fans. Good news is the National Crossing is still trying to get something done before July. The bad news is there is no Man Cup in 2020. We'll break it all down with Paul Del Monte and Nick Stakevich right here on OTCB. What is good, lacrosse fans, and welcome to another edition of the Off the Crossbar podcast here on the Lacrosse Flash, SoundCloud, Spotify, NLL Radio, iTunes, wherever you get your listening, we are here to be listened to. Uh, my name is Teddy Jenner. You can find me on Twitter at Off the Crossbar, or you can email me teddy.jenner at gmail.com. I've been chatting with a few people around the lacrosse world, and unfortunately, it's not about lacrosse, it's just about life, normalcy, uh, what routines are, uh, and just how people are doing in general. So I hope you're staying safe, I hope you're staying healthy, uh, and also hopefully you're able to get out and enjoy some fresh air. Um, we'll talk to Paul Del Monte, Commissioner of the WLA, we'll talk to Nick Sakevich, Commissioner of the National Lacrosse League, and just get some updates on the leagues that are mostly impacted by this quarantine for us lacrosse fans. I'm sure most of you all know, but it'll be nice to hear from some of those leaders of leagues. Uh, the Canadian Lacrosse Association announcing that there will be no senior summer lacrosse, so WAMSL NANO which results in no Man Cup for the first time in almost 100 years, maybe even over 100 years. So that's not fun at all. Um, my summer has just gotten a lot more wide open. Uh, I imagine the ruling on junior lacrosse will come down just as quickly. I can't see how junior lacrosse would play if senior lacrosse isn't playing. Uh, I know... In some markets, junior lacrosse doesn't get as many fans, but there's still so many other variables that come into place. Uh, close proximity of players, sharing water bottles, being in locker rooms, um, all that stuff. So I, I can't see how the top league in Canada is saying no, and then they could go ahead and put the younger players at risk. So I would expect some sort of announcement uh, from the CLA and the junior leagues that they too will forego this summer season, which will make my summers even more wide open. Um, so hopefully my golf game will see some dramatic improvement and I can take that 11.5 handicap and finally get it steadily into the single digits because that has been a goal forever. And I was there once and it quickly went back down. But we're going to work on it. Got myself a membership. Going to be playing a lot more because... I have a lot more free time on my hands, as I'm sure many of you do. So I hope you're staying safe, hope you're staying healthy and getting outside and enjoying some fresh air. And as we kind of talked about in the last couple weeks, with them relaxing, social distancing, let's just be smart. Um, still keep your distance, you know, just take precautions, be smart about it. Uh, no need to be in huge gatherings right out of the gate. Before we get into everything with the Canadian Lacrosse Association and the NLL, um, some heartbreaking 
news from Aaron Bold and his family and the Fines family. Uh, it was announced that on the 18th, Michelle Fines, Aaron Bold's wife, uh, finally gave in to her battle with cancer and was taken off to heaven after a long battle. This, I, it kind of caught me off guard because, you know, I, I haven't, hadn't talked to Boldy in a little while. Um, we usually kind of caught up every once, just texts here and there, but uh, hadn't heard anything from him in a while. And then I saw the post on Facebook that he had made that she had been given her angel wings and taken up to be pain-free in heaven. And it, it was tough news to take, and I can't imagine how Boldy is dealing with this right now because this is just uh, an unthinkable event to have happen, especially during these times. Um, family and loved ones are the key to our strength, and unfortunately Aaron has lost his rock. Um, It's just sad, man. Uh, I, I met Michelle a few times during the Man Cup back in 2015. Um, she was an incredible, incredible person with the biggest smile on her face always, uh, a love for life, a passion for for her, everything her husband did um, and for everything she involved herself in. Just gone too soon, and unfortunately, cancer takes another beautiful person from us. So to help celebrate the life of Michelle on Friday the 22nd at 6.33 p.m. Eastern, um, Aaron, family, and friends are going to be uh, live streaming a celebration of life and the birthday of Michelle. What they're asking for is people to release, release yellow balloons up into the sky. You can... Get them at a dollar store or there's a couple links online. Use the hashtag Yellow Balloon Project. Tag Boldy uh, at Boldy77 or tag them on Facebook, on Instagram. Um, yeah, it, it's it's one of those cathartic moments, um, especially during uh, this time where we can't get together and, and give Boldy our love and our support and our strength. Go get yourself some balloons, fill them with helium, time together, write a note to Michelle on them, and at 6.33 p.m. Eastern on Friday, send them off to the sky, wish her a happy birthday, and safe travels to the other side. Uh, they're also going to do a charitable foundation in memory of Michelle Fines. Uh, continue to use the, the hashtag funds for fines. There's a GoFundMe page still. Uh, go to the GoFundMe page and check out funds for fines um, and just... Give what you can. Uh, I know, like I said, we're all in tough times right now, but uh, the bulls and fines are going through even tougher times right now. So uh, our love, strength, and sympathies to Boldy, to the families, to Kevin Fines and his family, uh, and we hope Michelle is at peace, resting, and up in heaven with all of our other friends who have been taken far too soon. Back to lacrosse and things that keep us sane, and that is the National Lacrosse League and hope that we still could have some sort of 
experience of the NLL this season. And there is hope um, with other leagues around the world starting to come back to some sort of play. The National Lacrosse League is keeping tabs on that, and they would like to still crown a champion for the 2020 season. I caught up with the commissioner, Nick Sakevich, hoping he could give us some hope, some sort of light at the end of the tunnel. And while we are on a bit of a time crunch, everybody behind the scenes is working tirelessly to try and get the 34th National Lacrosse season completed and to crown a champion. Nick Sakevich, right here, the commissioner on OTCB. Joined now by Commissioner Nick Sakevich of the National Lacrosse League. Nick, how are you, sir? Good, Teddy. Good to hear your voice. <laughs> I'd rather see you in person, but good to hear your voice as well, sir. Um, <laughs> we are getting to a point where society is starting to loosen some things and get back to some normalcy, but we're still dealing with the reality that we are in a pandemic and a shutdown quarantine era right now. What can you tell lacrosse fans on the heels of the Canadian Lacrosse Association announcing there will be no man cup? Um, some lacrosse is pretty much done. Can fans expect to see some NLL anytime soon? Well, uh, look, um, you know, it's a pretty fluid situation. Uh, as you all know, uh, things change almost uh, every day. Um, things are opening up uh, here in the U.S., um, on a state-by-state basis uh, where the individual states have um, authority to do so given their individual cases. Um, did get some good news that New York was opening up. Um, but we have five teams in Canada. And yeah. we need the, you know, we need, that's almost half of our league. And, you know, we need uh, our friends north of the border to start to, to come back as well, which is really important. Um, so we're monitoring it uh, as best we can every day. We have not uh, given up on a postseason. Obviously, the regular season is, uh, has been canceled a couple weeks ago. We made that announcement a few weeks ago. I lose track of time, but um, you know we're still, we're still holding out hope that we can uh, hand out a trophy this year. Um, but as each day goes by, you know, it gets tougher and tougher to execute. Yeah, news also came out today that, that the Canadian-U.S. border was going to be sort of indefinitely closed to non-essential travel till, till late June. Does, does non-essential categorize professional sports and lacrosse players? Like, is that going to hamper what we do as a league? Um, the Canadian border is instrumental. It, it's really the first thing that needs to happen in order for us to be able to execute on a postseason. So that's completely out of our control. Um, and that's, you know, one of the really deciding factors. The other pressure point for us is, you know, we have uh, a large number of Canadian players in our league and they all require work visas to uh, work in the United States. And, um, you know, since so many players in our league are Canadian, we need um, we have visas that expire at the end of June and, and at the end of July. So there's really two pressure points here for us to play a, a, a postseason 
One is the Canadian border lifting and uh, ability to access across that border. And then the second one is we're, we're on a little bit of a time clock with the visas uh, right. of our players' work visas expiring at the end of June, at the end of July. If, if those two things coincide, say, say we get visa, we get a window where we can play and the borders can open, what is the plan of attack? Well, we have a few different scenarios. We have um, all the playoff teams going to one location, playing in a uh, restricted kind of a bubble environment uh, mm-hmm. where those, you know, those players would be holed up for a period of time. Um, you know, we, first and foremost, player health and safety is a number one, number two, and number three priority. Uh, we're going to school on some of the leagues that are opening up. You know, last weekend, the Bundesliga in Europe uh, opened up play. We've seen the Korean Baseball League uh, go back to play. We're starting to see plans that are coming out for the NBA and Major League Soccer to return to practice. Uh, and we're studying those protocols to make sure that if we end up doing that, that we keep our players and, and support staff, coaches, assistant coaches safe. Um, that's the absolute, if we can't provide a safe environment uh, for our players, we flat out won't do it. So that's the most important thing. If, if certain things come into play where we can pull it off, I think what you'll probably see is a made for TV event um, without fans mm-hmm. where we can play uh, our playoff format and, um, you know, get a champion that way in a, what we call kind of a bubble format, which is, you know, uh, a hotel lockdown, medical testing before and after the games, uh, contact tracing, if that's possible at all. um, And just monitoring the whole thing in in a bubble type of environment, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. Um, You you said if, if, if we got there, uh, you mentioned the playoff teams. Would we just basically go say, you know, we've ended the season, the eight teams that would be playoff teams are going to be playoff teams. Is that how we would go forward if it did happen? We're looking at, uh, really, we've been looking at three different scenarios. Um, an expanded playoff format with more than eight teams, an eight-team format, um, and a four-team format. And okay. we've been looking at those three scenarios. They're really tied to the amount of time that we would have left to be able to execute um, a playoff format. So yeah. uh, we, we have a scheduling committee, which, was, which I formed after the last board meeting. Uh, that scheduling committee meets every week, um, every Monday, to discuss uh, all these different scenarios and get updates on the situation and um, is also looking at next year's schedule and what that's going to end up looking like. Um, but more more short term, looking at the playoff, potentially a playoff scenario, modeling it out, taking a look at what makes sense, what doesn't make sense, and that committee meets every Monday to discuss. So, um, you know, we're we're still hopeful, but yeah. uh, time is time is ticking. Um, you mentioned uh, the schedule for next year. Obviously, everything that's going on right now really parlays into looking towards the 2021 season. Are there thoughts of maybe starting the season in January or training camp in December? Because, 
you know, we started earlier than ever this year and, and attendance wasn't as strong as maybe you'd hoped uh, through the month of December. Is there thoughts of maybe starting in the new year? Um, yes, everything is on the table uh, right now. You know, again, we're, we're tracking the development of a vaccine. We're tracking, you know, health protocols. We're, we're going to see if there are uh, if there's further flattening of the number of cases or if there's a spike, that's all going to uh, influence our decision on schedule. Um, we feel pretty good right now in terms of timing. Uh, you know, our schedule doesn't come out till around Labor Day anyway. Um, I think we're so far right now, as, as we sit, we're in pretty good shape. But we're looking at all those scenarios. Um, you know, last year, yeah, I mean, we had a bit of a slow start, but that picked up very quickly, and we were on pace for another record year in attendance uh, this year uh, before COVID hit. So, um, you know, that that's that's not driving uh, our decision. Really, what's driving our decision first and foremost is when does it make sense for the health and safety of our fans and players to uh, open up the doors and get back to playing lacrosse. So we may, we may very well be starting in January um, this season and going a little bit later, but that's, you know, that, that's all, all things, all options are on the table right now, Teddy, and they have to be. It's just logical. That's the commissioner, Nick Sakevich, talking about a possibility of a January start for the next season, the 35th season in National Lacrosse League history, but that's something we can focus on later. The good news is that we still have time here. We have, you know, a month and a half or so um, of a window to try and get a playoff type system in, whether it's more than eight, whether it's eight, whether it's four. Um, he wouldn't really go in to detail about how they would decide who those teams would be. Um, they might, you know, if it's, if it's four teams, you could see it being each division winner and then the next best team. Uh, if it's eight teams, we're probably looking at the original playoff format as to what it was going to be. Uh, the top three, the next best second place teams, and then two wild cards. But there are so many variables that we have to take into account. And Nick talked about them. Uh, the border... Um, restrictions are one of them. Uh, whether guys can travel back and back and forth across the border uh, is huge. Whether you know professional sports is deemed essential, and it's not like, and I've mentioned this before, it's not like you know the National Hockey League or NBA where guys are generally all living in that market. So all the American teams have pretty much easy travel, and the Canadian teams. For the Raptors, I guess that would be a little bit difficult. But, you know, in the National Cross League, Nick said five of our teams and the majority of our players are north of the border. So how will we be able to access those cities, those players, um, and those arenas? It's not going to be an easy solution until we get full access to travel across the border. And the other one is the visas issue. And that is also a huge one. Because players won't be allowed to illegally travel. If, even if borders are opened, if the players' visas are expired, they can't travel back and forth to make money. 
So the time crunch is imperative here for the National Crossing. We're not like the NHL where guys can travel a little bit easier. And I don't know the NHL visa situations for those players, but I'm sure it's a lot easier because their season and their contracts probably and their visas are a lot longer. Where NLL visas are literally like six-month visas, seven-month visas. So that is a huge question mark for the National Crossing. And I know Nick has been on multiple phone calls over the weeks because we've been trying to get this interview done for the last little while. And every time we do it, he's like, man, I got a big meeting. I got a big meeting. And I respect that. Like, he should be in big meetings. And they all should be in big meetings um, all the time trying to find a solution and an answer. Now, they are looking at a couple um, of bubble locations, as he said, um, places where they can do self-containment. Um, you know, other sports have been talking about Vegas, uh, and obviously the National Cross League has been there. They have partners with MGM. They could essentially put the entire playoff system of teams within one hotel close to an arena, whether it's the Orleans, whether it's the MGM, who knows? That is a possibility to self-contain, to keep everybody close and, you know, give a whole team a floor and keep everybody separate and healthy. But again, it all comes down to the border and it all comes down to visas. Because we won't be able to do this in August, even if the borders do open up. So we are in a time crunch, but there is hope and there is a bit of a light at that end of the tunnel. And maybe, just maybe, we might be able to finish off this season. There's also some rumblings of maybe some end-of-season awards coming out. Um, there's also some rumblings of a possible Hall of Fame announcement coming soon. Nick and I didn't get into those because I thought the most imperative thing was just to talk about um, what's going on with the current state of the NL. If they announce season-end awards for... Uh, a half-played season, great. Um, more importantly, I hope they do announce some sort of Hall of Fame news because that um, is a bigger sticking point for me than really getting the rest of the season played. Um, I'd love to see a champion in year 34. I would love to see guys like John Grant, Gavin Prout, Sean Williams, Colin Doyle, and the like get inducted as being the greatest of greats in our league. So that's an update on the National Lacrosse League. There's hope. But unfortunately, for lacrosse fans up here in Canada who are hoping to see uh, a Man Cup and Canadian scene lacrosse, that has been kiboshed. Uh, it was announced earlier in the week uh, that both the MSL and WLA and CLA conjunctively come to the decision that there will be no regular season playoffs or Man Cup in 2020. It sucks, but we could not have lacrosse, senior lacrosse, and I don't think we can have junior lacrosse, and play these games with the travel that these teams have to do, with the budgets that these teams have. We cannot have these games and have no fans. They will not make it out of it. It's not easy. It's not functional. And it's not profitable to do that for any of those clubs. 
sure, Victoria, Peterborough, New West, they get some fans. And, you know, they make a lot of money from those fans. But other clubs that struggle at the gate to get fans would struggle that much more if they had literally zero fans. And with no major TV deal, uh, only web stream coming through, that's not a lot of revenue to be shared throughout the club. So uh, the decision was made to forego the entire season. I got a chance to catch up with Paul Del Monte, commissioner of the WA, just to talk about the decision process, what's next, and what fans can expect during this off time. Joined now by the commissioner of the Western Lacrosse Association, Paul Del Monte. And while it is a tough day for lacrosse fans across the country, Paul, how are you? I'm doing well in light of the news we had to deliver today. Absolutely. And the news being that both the WLA and the major series across Ontario are foregoing the rest of their regular season and playoffs. And the Man Cup is done. How tough of a decision was this? And who is involved in the decision-making process? Yeah, you know, undoubtedly the, the most difficult uh, decision um, I've been involved with in terms of uh, the game of lacrosse and, and you know Doug and I uh, Doug Louie that is commissioner of the MSL have been in regular conversation for the past few months here as, as um, the pandemic has unfolded and the restrictions uh, have been in place and, and um, you know we've been in lockstep uh, understanding those challenges and uh, that combined with meeting with our with our governors um, uh, you know we had we had developed contingency plans we had seasons and schedules starting you know uh, as late as the beginning of July uh, man cup sort of pushed ahead at even another week or so to try to stretch the season and playoffs the best we can as or as we could, but uh, you know, regrettably, uh, given the circumstances and the conditions laid out by uh, the Ministry of Health and, and other government organizations, we really were left with with no alternative but to cancel. And so it, it's unfortunate, um, but uh, it's a decision that really was made for us. Would the WLA have survived playing without fans? No, I mean, you know, Teddy, as you well know, I mean, we're not we're we're not a, a league, and you know, have players uh, roll in and live remotely for for weeks at a time. Uh, you know, players have day jobs and 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 things that they do in real life, and families that they have to attend to, and and some of them may not live, you know, in in the city that they play in, and 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 are coming in uh, week to week. So that would be uh, unfortunately challenging. We do depend largely on on gate revenue and sponsorship. And, um, you know, the sponsorship is another piece that, you know, we have we have uh, uh, teams that exist in communities that rely on local regional partners and sponsors that help uh, support their teams and, and make them financially viable. And in light of the circumstances that those businesses are facing, uh, you know, it would be it would be difficult for us to go and be uh, have a hand up for, for dollars in light of the circumstances that everybody's facing. So with this news, what is next for you? What's next for the WLA? Is this a, a start day one for year 2021? Yeah, I mean, you know, what we're going to do from our end is in the coming days and weeks here, we'll, we'll unveil a, a plan that'll, that'll um, you know, share with fans things that we're going to do to stay relevant to make sure that we're continuing to engage and connect with our fans. So there'll be a number, a number of things going on, both on, on web and social, but uh, as well as, uh, that'll be lacrosse based. Uh, I, I sit on a committee with Jeff Gombar and the BCLA. That's a return to play initiative. 
uh, Jeff has uh, laid out a, a gelled plan and, and the WLA and our teams and coaches and, and players are going to help to support that, that return to play through uh, technical development and skill development and things like that that have been mandated uh, through VS Board and, and uh, the provincial government. Uh, and we'll follow those guidelines and support BC Lacrosse in helping to, uh, you know, uh, have kids, uh, young young boys and girls that continue to develop their skills in the absence of a, a regular minor lacrosse season. This is tough for everybody because, you know, young kids are losing a year of development. Uh, older guys are maybe losing a last year, possibly, of, of when they were playing lacrosse. This is tough for everybody. How are you doing, and how is everybody at the WA handling this? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's uh, we we as governors have have, uh, have met, uh, you know, several times over the past couple months here. Every couple of weeks, checking in and, and monitoring the news, monitoring the the conditions that have been forth. Uh, and I can tell you, when when we had to vote to to make the decision to cancel the season, uh, and and I, I think the same occurred in in the MSL because their their vote was just just the same day as ours a couple of days ago. Uh, you know, it was a reluctant decision. When people had to actually say, "Yeah, you know, I vote to cancel," it was with great reluctance across the board. So this is this is uh, uh, not a decision we take lightly. We spent a ton of time, you know, reviewing every possible option to help try to salvage a season and be able to compete for the Man Cup. Because at the end of the day, it's a, a historic trophy and championship. Uh, tons of tradition, as you're well aware of, you know, uh, and and this is the first time since. I think World War One, or certainly in the modern era, that the trophy has not been competed for, and so that's what's most tragic. I think from a, a, a lacrosse perspective, having played and been involved in the game, and when you sit at this level now and have to do this, it's it's um, it's a difficult decision. But you know what? We're going to get we're going to get back at it and focus on you know what we can do and what would normally be our season to continue to connect with our fans and and keep the game uh, top of mind for them. Uh, and in the meantime, start focusing on things that we need to get working on for 2021 because we fully anticipate playing and getting back to uh, regular lacrosse uh, in, in 2021. There he is, Paul Del Monte of the WLA. They do hope, like us all, that next year we'll be able to get things going. Um, but like he said, the WLA would not have survived playing with no fans and teams would have folded. It's... It's a no, that is not a doubt in my mind. If we had to play this with no fans and no revenue coming in for many of the clubs, that many would not have been able to keep their heads above water. So uh, it was the right decision. Hopefully we can see some new rollouts from the WLA to keep fans interactive and things like that that Paul was saying. I'm really interested to see what is going to come out of this. And one of the things that I have noticed is that... Because teams and social media staff and, and behind-the-scenes personnel don't have game days and travel and all that other things that were on their schedule to focus on, there's been some damn good content coming out. And I love what a lot of people are doing just to keep fans interactive, keep them engaged, and give them something to smile about, to to think about, whether it's voting on plays of the year, whether it's picking the greatest dynasty, the greatest team, the greatest fighter, whatever it may be, we have to find ways to keep our minds active. And I think everybody, and not just in lacrosse, but all sports, are doing a tremendous job in just keeping 
engagement with the fans alive. So thanks to everybody, all the content cowboys that are out there. Thank you for everything that you're doing to keep us entertained and our minds a little sane. If you haven't, make sure you head over to the Lacrosse Flash website and get your Lax Flash gear. Uh, we had a big sale on this weekend. Uh, the code is no more, but still, there's tons of big team guy shirts, Lacrosse Flash bomber jackets, hats, um, t-shirts, whatever you want. Head over to the Lacrosse Flash website, lacrosseflash.com, and make sure you join the squad and get yourself some gear. One final thought before we get out of here for the day and the week. Because this was something that was brought up to me by a fellow lacrosser that, that I ran into a couple days ago, just talking about everything that's been going on. And the one thing that would be a concern for me if we came back and when leagues and teams start do to come do come back is the health of the players. Now, I know I'm not talking about Corona health because that's, ob is, that's obviously a massive concern for everybody. But with this downtime, if the National Lacrosse League were to start up, say, next week, or let's, for better timing, let's say June 1, the National Lacrosse League is going to start back up. That is 10 days from now. How many players would be able to get into game-ready, league-ready shape? And to have taken this month-plus off, almost two months now, off of lacrosse, how many injuries would we see? And I'm not saying guys are getting fat, lazy, and out of shape. But to take two months off and then to come back to 100% gameplay with no sort of ramp up to the season or to the restart of the season, how many injuries would we see? And that is a major concern for me. Because that is a true possibility. Guys haven't been able to get in gym. Sure, they've been able to go for runs or bike rides or you know whatever they have in their home for a home gym. But nothing will prepare you for game day action like full speed, full contact practices. And these guys haven't had that. They haven't had that for two months. And if all of a sudden in 10 days they have to strap on the pads and get right back at it, the talent will be there, the skill will be there, the work effort will be there. But I am just concerned about hamstrings, groins, Achilles tendons, and ligaments. Because it's not easy to come to a grinding halt and then have to jump right back on the horse and go 110% all over again. So for all of the guys out there, we're all clinging to hope. And we all have the hope and possibility that we're going to get back to playing. Make sure you're ready. I hope that everybody is still staying healthy and working out as best they can. And so that if we do get the A-OK -okay to get players back on the floor, let's hope that doesn't mean we have any major injuries. That'll do it for another episode of the Off the Crossbar podcast right here 
on the lacrosse flash. Speaking of the lacrosse flash, not only should you go to the, the lacrosse flash store, but Monday, round two of plays of the year will kick off. If you haven't seen the latest video via the lacrosse flash, go watch it and then go run through a brick wall. It's that exciting and it gets my blood going. That'll do it. My name is Teddy Jenner. Find me on Twitter at off the crossbar or email me teddy.jenner at gmail.com. Thanks to the commissions, Nick Sikevich and Paul Del Monte for some time. Hopefully, we'll be able to talk some lacrosse soon. We'll be back here, same time, same space, next week on Thursday. Until then, be safe and be excellent to each other.